This is the Three to Win Podcast, sharing optimal steps to win your day, month, and year. Your money and your life are like crossroads, and when they meet, true success can be discovered. Our Real Talk conversations are about creating fulfillment throughout your life's journey. And now, here is the Life Architecture team. Hey guys, thank you so much for being here. So I'm really excited. We are in our first episode of season one of our podcast, Three to Win. So I am Rich Blooney. I'm going to do my little intro and we will move through the team. I have been in healthcare most of my life. I've been a registered nurse for 27 years. I took care of children who had cancer. I took care of uh, trauma patients. I was an ER manager. I was a flight nurse. I did all that, go around and speak, written a couple of books. And now I kind of think of myself as like a thought provoker. Like guys, when you say that's like, I'm a thought, like I, I provoke. Like I like nice. that, right? So that's gonna be my t-shirt, I'm a thought provoker. <laughs> but um, that's kind of my role in this. Um, so I'm gonna go to my next buddy on our three to win team, Mr. Matt, go for it. Let's, let's let the listeners know who you are. Yeah, I'm Matt Marku. I'm a certified financial planner, co-founder of Candor Path Financial, a fee-based firm in Orlando, Florida, servicing clients really all over the United States. Um, My background is in financial planning. I uh, graduated from the University of Central Florida and uh, got my first job at a financial planning gig and and I haven't looked back since. Uh, So uh, really excited to be here, really excited for kicking off this podcast. I think we have a lot of cool things to talk about and uh, super stoked. Wait a second, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Was that your first job, really? Or was like, you didn't like have a paper route or mow lawns um, You know, there, there were some jobs before Give that. Give me your first uh, job, like for real first job. My for real first job, uh, I was a rink guard at an ice skating rink. Uh, what? <laughs> yes. What does that even mean? Uh, you know, I was the guy with the whistle and, the, and like the shirt, like the referee shirt. And I would like if somebody was going down. too fast yes. or going backwards or being inappropriate exactly. on the rink. Exactly. Uh, long story short, that was my first job. I met uh, a girl uh, at that job. Uh, it was about I was 17, 18 years old and uh, I married her in 2005 and uh, we have two kids and uh, live a perfect life. Wait, so your love story started on ice. Yes, very uh, that's such a cutting edge uh, movie for those of you that have seen the movie. It's very cutting edge. Wow, I didn't know this about you. Yeah, Yeah, that's new news. He was a a rank bouncer. Well, yeah, so funny stories is when you start sign up to be a financial advisor, when when you pass your test, you have to put down what your last X number of years of employment on. So I was able to like fill in a lot of that with UCF and like high school and things like that. And then I had to, for one year's time, then it rolls off after 10 years. So it, for one or two years of the beginning of my career, if you looked at my, you know, if you did my background research on me, you saw that I was a rink guard at the Sunrise Ice Skating Rink and I couldn't <laughs> wait for the day that rolled off. My, my U5, my background check. And you, why? That should stay there. That needs to be on your LinkedIn profile. When you're, when you're beginning like, your career, you don't want everyone <laughs> to know that like five minutes ago you were ice skating. No, but you totally, you totally rebrand that. Like you turn into like, I was a winter sport consultant. <laughs> oh, uh, like, so dude, good. what is wrong with you? I love that. Well, that's a good intro. I don't know like, how to top that. Do I need to do the whole John Kennedy, Jackie Kennedy thing right now? You definitely do. If you um, don't, I will. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, yeah, so um, hey, listeners, my name is John Kennedy. I'm a certified financial planner, um, co-founder along with Matt Marcoux. And you know, we just love serving as someone's financial advocate. And, and what we find, and the reason we're doing this show with Rich, is to really you know, uncover a lot of, of money psychology issues, get deep on... Um, just different different topics when it comes to how you handle your money, how you view your money. So we find that that to be really fun. 
Um, my yes, I, I mentioned it before. My wife's name is Jackie. Yes. So we are John and Jackie Kennedy. Uh, but our kids are not John, John, and Caroline. Which would have been... That's good that you did that. Because that's like taking it to like the next level. Would have been weird. It would have been a little weird. Yeah. But I mean, it's still weird that yeah. you're John and Jackie Kennedy. But, you know, it's kind of fun. It's it's good like cocktail conversation. When right? I was younger in my career, I tried to use that to my advantage. Like, right. you know, no one's going to forget the name John Kennedy. Right. And now I'm like, ah. You well, know, it could have been worse. Like you a... could have been like Dick Nixon. Like, that <laughs> would have been terrible. Nothing <laughs> against anybody like Richard Nixon. I'm just saying there are worse presidents to be named. <laughs> or like, hi, I'm Hubert Humphrey. Was that a president? Oh, wait, I didn't go to UCF, so I don't know things. Ooh, Hubert no, Humphrey. Hubert oh, God, Humphrey. I just embarrassed myself. You're outnumbered, by the way. You have two UCF grads here. Right. So. I, I went to NYU. So oh, that's cool. whatever. But I also went <laughs> to, but, cool. but primarily I went to Miami Dade Community College. So I'm still like very well rounded. So interestingly enough, our whole purpose here for Three to Win is part of our whole life architecture team. And what's built into our name is who we are. Like if you think about the word architecture, it's about building something. You hire an architect to build a building. So well they don't build it, but I guess they design the building. So life architecture is really about building your life. So Weird Mix, we've got three guys here, two who are from the finance world, one is from the healthcare world, two who can like really talk to you about your taxes and your money and all that kind of fun stuff. I'm really good like if you're bleeding or if you need chest compressions, <laughs> but I, you know, mostly when you think about it, our whole purpose here is to bring you some different perspectives on life that relate to your money, your relationships, everything that you are, everything that you have to kind of make the best life that you can. But interestingly enough, we didn't didn't plan this, but the order that we went in was kind of interesting because I went first. So full disclosure, I'm 52 years old, so I am like 100% Generation X. I was born in 67. And then we went to Matt. Matt, how old are you? I am 40 years old, born in 1979. So it's interesting because you literally are on most, it depends on what source you go to, yeah. you're literally the last year of Generation X. So you're like a Generation X, like peeking into the millennial box. And then we got JFK over here, who's like 100% millennial. Millennial, yeah. And Born in 87. That's kind of cool. So I graduated high school in 85. <laughs> so I totally could have babysat John, but I, I wouldn't have because um, he, he was such a bad child. It would have probably been <laughs> traumatic. So here's what we're what our goal is for all of these podcasts. So three to win. So we want to give you some stuff and have some cool conversations. And we feel like because of the mix of the generations and the age and our life experiences from being, you know, a hockey rink, you know, manager to what was your first job, John? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, if I go way, way back when way I was back. a little kid, yeah. I used to like pull weeds and do pool work. So, but what was your first job when you worked for somebody like, like you a got, legit a, like job. got a paycheck? Um, I worked at a company called Field of Dreams. <laughs> and I bet you that there's some millennials here that know what that is, what but is it's like that? a, like a memorabilia and, and uh, baseball card store. That's kind of cool. Yeah. You guys have into my baseball passion. You guys probably don't even know what my first paid job was. No, what was it? I did children's parties and I dressed up as like Spider-Man and Papa Smurf. I did. And what's really interesting is I have a legit fear of clowns. I do not like clowns. I, I, and I've had, to, I actually one time was a clown and I hated it so much. So I asked to not do that, but I was kind of in decent shape when I was 15. So they made me Spider-Man. So I was generally Spider-Man. And for those of you that are my age, I was, I did like the Smurfs. They were very popular back then. So I did children's parties was my 
first like actual paid job, and then I. I have an idea though. What is that? Maybe we can recall the Spider-Man and Smurf costumes and yeah. do it on your TikTok. That would be. Oh, are we going to talk about my TikTok well, I now? Think we probably should. Are we going to go by the time right into this, that? By the time this airs, I have a feeling that you're going to have a hundred thousand followers on TikTok. So I'll look right this now. This is like so, a big deal right now. So, what's your name on that again? So How my my name on TikTok is Memento Vivere. Forever, but I'd have to spell that. You're gonna have to do that. Yeah, yeah. so it's M E M E N T O V I V E R E, the number four, and then ever. So So Memento Vivere Forever. But just pause real quick for like us millennials. Can you explain what that means? So it it really comes from like Stoicism, Stoicism, Stoicism. I think I said it right. The Stoic philosophers. So I actually have two gigantic tattoos on my body, so not that you can see them or would want to, but they were the most painful experience of my life other than maybe my first marriage, but that's another conversation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. Episode, first of all, first of all, six, that was just, first marriage. no, first of all, because my ex-wife is a really super nice person and I love her and we're good friends and that was just like a, like a pat joke that you would say. No, so I'm just kidding. Like he's covering his bases. No, I am. No, I am. But um, so memento mori or memento mori means remember you will die. It's not morbid. It just means live your life to know that you will die. I think the story is there was this great emperor going through on his chariot and he was real cocky and he won some battle and he was like, you know, all excited with himself. And then his servant whispered to him, memento mori, like, dude, remember you will die like this, you know, wow. The opposite of that is memento vivere, which means remember to live. So you know, while you have the humility to know this is your life, you have to live it, you're here, you're going to die someday, make the most of it. It's not meant to be this morbid thing where like, you know, life is over. It's also remember to live your life. So, so I've, cool. I've made the most unusual TikTok name that probably no one understands, but it's Memento Vivere, the number four and ever. Where, why were we even talking about that? Well, because I mean, you're like TikTok famous now. Well, it's I mean, kind it's of cool. Legit. I love, and let me tell you something, the people on TikTok are like legit. Like I've literally had the most fun conversations, some of the coolest people. So yeah, follow me on that. But you know, that's one of the cool things about what we're gonna do is we're gonna reach across the generations and talk to all the all the different folks. So our goal is gonna be to give you three things to do every day that if you did like let's say these three things, you know, every day, you would come up with if you did three new things every day, you would come up with a thousand and ninety-five things a year. So our encouragement, of course we're not gonna be doing a podcast every day, but our encouragement is to do three things a day every day for a year and you could do some of the same things over and over again. But if you think about 1090, 1095 for some reason sounds like a financial yeah thing. yeah well I was gonna say I think that's the beauty of tying this all together Matt since you're like the tax yeah so expert, yeah yes. and then as you're saying that I'm like what tax form is 1090 everything in my life I try to assign to a tax form I guess just the the tax preparer in me and financial advisor in me just kind of goes that that but the 1095 form is the healthcare form that you're given each year by your healthcare provider or if you have uh, some sort of you know healthcare plan and uh, so I mean, goodness gracious, the the tying in of this uh, is is tremendous. It's, it's super. So, wait, so the 1095 form has to do with your health? Yeah, it's a health Dude, care. like things are meant to be. So basically, if we're thinking about doing three things a day, and of course, look, because the podcast isn't going to be every day. We literally cannot give you three things to do every single day. But just the encouragement to do three things a day every day for yourself to make yourself better, your life better, that would result in 1,095, which somehow correlates to the tax form for health. So we're going to cross 
through all those kinds of different things to kind of give you that stuff. So let's like kind of get into that. If sure. let, should we do that? That sounds great. So like yeah. right now, as we're talking about this on what is today's date? Is it today's like the 16th? The 14th. The May 14th, 14th May. 2020. So on May 14th, 2020, as we're recording this, things are a little strange out there. Things are, are things strange? I've, have like people can't find toilet paper. Like, don't you wish you could go into a time machine and like have bought like like many rolls of toilet paper because it gets scary when and you get down. Masks too, because that's masks. the thing also. Yeah, go to the grocery store. I'm only glad to go down the aisle in one direction. That freaks yeah. me out with the whole one thing. I, I know. I, I and I, you know, you need something right on the edge of the aisle, but you have to go around. I'm the very stressed thing. out by that. It was very stressful. It's very stressful day. for me. And the other thing was that the fact, that, like in the U.S., we don't really use the word queue, like to queue up. Like that's very popular in like Great Britain or Australia, etc. And people are getting very confused with that word. And I heard, I did this whole TikTok about this whole argument. I heard in a grocery store where this woman started yelling at another woman because she wasn't quaying upright. And they were like, what? Like, what do you mean? She's like, you're not in the right quay. And it was like, oh, like it was nobody understands what we're doing. So we're in this like new time. Things are kind of odd. I would say we're and are we in a little bit of crisis? Has there been some I mean, I know the market's going up and down, but we certainly like bottomed out. So would you guys say there's a little crisis going on out there? Yeah, I would, I would say there is. You know, we're very much in our uncharted territories. I would say that, that what we're going through is is unlike some of the past crises. Crises? Crises. Crises. I think this one's more like a natural disaster. I, you know, we're here mm-hmm. shooting this, or we're, we're talking this podcast here in Florida. And so we're so used to hurricane season, right? We're used to hoarding toilet paper because every June, July, August, September, October, we have these near misses or sometimes hits of, of a hurricane coming in and, you know, really uh, interrupting our life. And I, I, I hate to dumb this down because many people are suffering from this, from this horrible illness, but it, for us here right now, I feel like it's, it's, like a, it's like a natural disaster as opposed to some of the man-made disasters we had um, in the past, uh, such as the 2008-2009 financial crisis. So, yeah, it's certainly a, a, certainly a strange time for us to be in and... Um, you know, this this appears to be a new normal. I mean, you know, my wife right now is accessorizing with different um, masks. You know, we have ten different kinds in the house right now, right. and uh, we get a, a, what appears to be a new one every day. And she looks lovely in them. But it's uh, it's it's it's. Oh, did you just say your wife looks lovely in her mask? She looks beautiful in her. Oh mask. my god, that's yeah, so she has sweet. This blue one now with a little uh, breathing thing on it. I mean, she's never looked. So we've all been mask. like living. Everybody's been home with their with their with their spouse for the last you know couple of months. So I think it's really sweet that Matt used the first podcast to totally kiss up to his beautiful wife and say how she looks beautiful in her mask. <laughs> and by the way, when you were speaking about hoarding toilet paper, Matt, I think for you that's more just because you eat a lot of Chipotle. But whatever. <laughs> so um, other than that, so let me ask you guys a question because you're the financial gurus would you say that being that there's been a little crisis have you guys had some like phone calls with like people freaking out and like wanting to talk to you about their portfolios and all that kind of stuff yeah i mean obviously you know you want to be really proactive in our industry and talking with you know with clients and people that you work with i feel like i I kind of jokingly have become like the neighborhood financial planner because you know, you see me outside, like, walking the community. By the way, for everyone on this podcast, we're all neighbors. We, we didn't Weirdly. address that. No. There's too. a lot of weird things Well, we're going to be... Throughout the season of this podcast, <laughs> it's you, will, you will find out not only about, you know, Matt's irritable bowel syndrome <laughs> and, and his wonderful wife who looks beautiful in a mask, and she probably does because she is. You're going to find a lot of interesting um, synchronicities. But yes, we actually strangely live on the same street yeah. and... 
John and I are actual next door neighbors, like literally next door neighbors. Yep. So, and, and there's a lot to and this. And we could throw a stone to Matt's. Well, maybe not. Not a you stone. You gotta be really strong. Well, yeah. You probably have like a you could do it. driver. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like exactly. Action. But my point was, you know, I, I joked that like I walk around the neighborhood and I have, you know, different neighbors asking me questions like, what are your clients saying? Are people calling you? Right. The Dow's gonna go to 10,000. Like, it's gonna crash. And, you know, those are all legitimate fears. We try to, we try to parallel, you know, we're, we're historians in this way and we want to look at past perspective for things. Um, and it's a little hard. You know, you look at like the Great Depression in 1929, you look at the Great Recession of 08. When you try to parallel it to different things, like Matt said, it's a natural disaster. It's a, it's a healthcare crisis. Yeah, you know, it it's is. not it's not something that's man-made that we did to ourselves like in 2008 or in the dot-com crash. You know, there's there's so many things, whether it's the 87, you know, stock market crash. Or, or 9-11. I mean, yeah, 9-11, right. which was a, you know, a terrorist attack, was man-made, right? I mean, a, so... That's a perfect point. And so it's, so it's you're, different in that way. So you're, right now, are you, in your in your world of finance, and in, in your world that, that you guys inhabit, are you hearing a lot about crisis management? Yeah. And so, so interestingly for us, we've had these conversations, and what we've determined is that really the shift should be not only when it rela- as it relates to your money, but, but for your life, because the two are very much tied together. It's more about crisis navigation. And like if you look at the definition of navigation, if I remember correctly, it means to move through, around, or over something, or I guess technically under as well. And if you think about management, you really can't manage your life. I mean, right? Like, you don't go home and manage Lauren, I would expect. Uh, no, no, absolutely. No, but she looks lovely in a mask. And John <laughs> does not manage Jackie. And I also have a gorgeous wife named Dawn. I don't manage Dawn. But you don't manage the ocean. You don't manage the weather. You don't manage the geography, but you navigate it. So I think as we think about the term life architecture and building a life, if you think about striving to do three things, for yourself every day to make your life better, to make your money better, to make your relationships better. It's about navigating. It's about figuring ways around, over, or through something. Because honestly, you guys are, with what you do and why you're so good at what you do with money is you're not really managing people's money, although you are in some degree, I guess, like technically, you're helping them navigate through their goals. You're helping them navigate through what they want to achieve, what they want to end up with, what they want to have, how to protect them from a crisis. So I, you know, in this day that we're in right now, what we want to encourage is everyone to start thinking about this as crisis navigation. Like, how do you move through this? How do you move around this? What are what are things that you could do? Because you can't manage it. Like, yeah. you cannot manage a pandemic. You, you can do things. You can wear masks and wash your hands and do social distancing and all the things that, that have been suggested. But ultimately, when it comes to your money, when it comes to your relationships, it's about figuring out ways around, over, or through it. And I, I, well, I, I like the way that you describe that because, you know, in, in our communication with people, we talk a lot about focusing on the things you can control versus the things you cannot control. And you, you put it really, really well that it's that it's navigating a crisis, not managing it. Um, and I think for us, you know, I, j- just alluding back to one thing I mentioned earlier, you know, although the, the face of what of the quote unquote recession or what we're going through is different right now, the fundamental principles that you should be practicing, that you should be applying in your life. That hasn't changed. It doesn't matter if it's the 2008 crisis or 1929 Great Depression. Like the fundamental principles that we should all be applying, that certainly hasn't changed. Yeah, in our opinion, the, the most fundamental component. So, if we're going to jump into maybe one of the three things you can do, is is um, you know one of the most fundamental components of financial planning is the budget, 
right? It's the most un uh, the non most non exciting element of of your probably your financial life, but it's by far the most important. And, and so if you know if you spend a moment and look at at the two variables on your budget, it's the amount of money that comes in and the amount of money that comes out. And if you spend some time looking, looking at that specifically the, the the money that's coming out, and looking at that as a bucket, and saying how can you plug the holes to that bucket? How can you um, you know look at those numbers and make sure you know where every single element of that is going? Is going to put you in a really good place. You know, for so many years we preach to our clients and really anyone that you should have three to six months worth of of expenses um, saved aside in a savings account. That's your emergency bucket. You know, after two thousand eight, two thousand nine. You know, we really found that our clients stuck to that very, and we didn't have any pushback. When we said, hey, listen, you need to have a savings of X amount, it's because in the back of their mind, they've just gone through this crisis and they, and they felt it. Well, we're now many years away from 2008, 2009, and yet we're in another crisis right now. And so what we have seen is this resurgence of, of really promoting, making sure you have this bucket of money. And this goes not just for individuals listening, but for business owners. Um, you know, I just talked to a business owner last week, and he made a statement that was really shocking to me. Before he makes his next hire, he will have 12 months worth of that salary sitting aside so that he never has to go through another crisis, whether one that he can control or one that he can't, and ever have to have the conversation with an employee of having to lay them off. He is so upset about where things are at right now, he never wants to have that discussion again. And that was my response to it is, wow, that's really going to slow growth down. Right, you know, so I was looking at it from the business side, not from the from the personal side. And he's like, you know, Matt, I don't even care. I don't care if growth is sacrificed for me making sure that we are in the best position possible and that I take care of my employees. And that really kind of showed me, wow, people, you know, sometimes need this reminder that it's not always going to be um, great times. We're going to go through adversity. And what can we learn from that adversity? And so just so many really cool things. No, what I, what I love about what you just said is when, when you know when I think about it from my perspective as being the, the not the money guy is I just think about that that comes from a place of heart. And it's interesting because people don't often connect money to heart. And when I say heart, I'm talking about spirit. I'm talking about humanity, whatever. You know, people look at money as, you know, money is the root of all evil and all this kind of stuff. But yet, you know, the idea of somebody understanding that a human being, you know, they have value and a human being, their work and what they do is important to them, that this owner of a business would care so much about this person that he doesn't even, or she doesn't even know yet, that they would want to make sure there was enough money put aside so that person, should they hire them, would be around. That speaks that speaks to me about this whole concept about how the two things are kind of tied together. But really quick, for someone like me or some like our listeners who you know, don't speak the financial language. If I was going to, you know, end this podcast and begin a budget, like give me like the one minute, how do I start a budget? Yeah, it's not, it's not complicated and it doesn't need to be. Now it can get complicated and it can get very complex, but if you're sitting here shrugging your shoulders, not knowing where to start, take out a piece of paper. You know how much money is coming in each month or, or, or each paycheck. You have a pretty good idea of where your expenses are. Take a look at that credit card. Take a look at the, that checking account and see where are the outflows and start to categorize those. And then start to build trends. John's got a really good um, explanation of the best practices for spending money. Because it's one thing to just track it. It's a whole other thing to, to, to have a good practice for spending. 
Yeah, I'm good at spending money. <laughs> um, no, yeah, so I, I would say, just kind of piggybacking on some of this stuff, I mean, I, I love that, you know, it's an opportunity to look at this as, as crisis navigation. You might have learned through everything happening right now in this global pandemic that we, you know, we certainly... Uh, maybe learn that lesson, like you don't have as much in savings as you wanted to. You know, things are a little bit harder than you anticipated them to be when you were, you know, when you were planning for a recession. And so now here we are. Well, guess what? We get to learn from that and we get to we get to build from that and grow from that. So, um, you know, for us, like in, in the Kennedy family household, we always joke that uh, I'm the CFO and my wife is the CEO. And, you know, for like communication is huge when you guys agree, like inside of, you know, inside of your relationship amongst various factors, but specifically money. And it's one of those topics that like couples tend to avoid talking about. Well, is there, really quick, just to throw something out there, you know, you said communication is key and we're talking about crisis navigation. The number one cause of medical errors, significant medical errors in healthcare is communication. Yeah. Like obviously incorrect communication. Right. So why would that not also make sense that that's isn't in relationships one of the leading causes of divorce? Sure. I mean, I'm not an expert in, well, maybe I am an expert in divorce, <laughs> but I'm just saying isn't one of the leading causes of, of marital discord is is financial money. money yeah. Right. Yeah. So so with communication, so with this this spend up, spend down thing, so it's, it's having communications in your relationship about where your budget is, what to buy, what not to buy, how to spend it. Is that kind of Yeah, like- yeah, I feel I mean for me like if I'm if I'm thinking of like the second action item that we want to take away from this is our 3 to win yeah. podcast. For me it's just it's it's over communicating. That's where I that's where I want to kind of lead in lean in with that is because it would be so easy and again in our household for me to just unilaterally make a decision financially and not consult with my wife about that, but what's like what's the ripple effect? You know, I mean, to, to not <laughs> sleeping be, sleeping in the guest well, room. <laughs> well, that too, but then you know, you, you just don't have someone right. else as a sounding board to bounce these ideas Absolutely. off. Absolutely, of. it's a big deal, and she's a lot smarter than you, definitely. So, you know, I would say, you know, as I as I think about one one of the three things, you know, so we have, you know, the, the simplicity of a budget, which so many of us overcomplicate. Like I'm, I've always been very intimidated by a budget because I thought I had to like master an Excel spreadsheet, but really, it's literally taking a pen and a paper, money in, money out, and looking at your debt. It's not that hard. And so, and for you, it's communication, and mm-hmm. which is so important in not only our financial life, but our relationships with our, with our significant others, with our children, with our friends, with our business colleagues, you know, for small business owners, it's, you know, having that communication with your team to let them know where you're at and how things are looking. You know, if I were to take it off into my thought provoker world, you know, being in the non-finance world, I would say that my third one for our takeaway is everything we've talked about is value. You know, how do you bring value to your household by having a budget? How do you bring value to your relationship by by over communicating? And for me, I think a lot of people don't see what their value is. They don't stop and think about what makes them valuable. You know, is it, is it your possessions that make you valuable? Well, I'm pretty sure that probably none of your present clients, but you've probably known people who were very wealthy, who were very unhappy. They had everything in the world. They had the nicest car, the biggest house, but it was never enough and they were miserable. So if possessions made you happy, then every rich person would be thrilled. And a lot of times people put their value or make their value based on what someone else has decided. So. I don't know the finance world, but I do understand that like a dollar bill is not based on, I mean, it's very confusing, right? Like it's, it used to be like this amount of gold is like back nice. in the day you had like a gold coin. You're like, 
It weighs this much gold, so therefore that's what it's worth. But now you've got like money that I don't even understand what that means. So it's what somebody else has decided the value is. Oftentimes people are the same way. Human beings don't put themselves on the gold standard. People put themselves on the what does somebody else think of me standard. So my third takeaway for you is how do you see your value? Do you see your value based on how someone else has defined you? Or do you see your value based on what you bring to the world? And what do you bring to the world? Well, it's understanding that it's not so much your bank account, but it's how much people can count on you. It's understanding that really it's not how much you have, but how much you give. Where's your generosity level? You know, How much are you giving of yourself to other people? And it's not how much you can pay, but it's how often you pay it forward. Mm-hmm. I think if people spent their life and focused more on giving a little more to other people, giving back to the people in their community and in their world, in their neighborhood, to their friends. John walking around the neighborhood, walking his dog, giving free financial advice to people. (laughs) You know, Matt handing out toilet paper, you know. How do you get to become the toilet paper? (laughs) That's just what it is. But, But in essence, that's what I would say. I would ask everybody listening, when they stop listening to this podcast, to write down what is my value? What makes me valuable? How do I bring value to this world? And you would be surprised at how many things you could list. Be free, go at it, feel good about yourself. There is opportunity and opposition. Everything that we're facing right now, everything that we're going through right now is a learning experience for us to get better. Your muscle does not get stronger if you don't challenge it by lifting more weight. You know, your brain doesn't get better if you don't go and read a book once in a while. So I want you to think about your value. I want you to think about your budget and I want you to think about your spending and see if that kind of helps you to build a little bit of a better life. This could be like a fun exercise. It's on one eight by 10 sheet of paper. On the left, you write your budget out. On the right, you write your values. And then you communicate it with your spouse or your family. Right. Nailed it. Boom. You kind of nailed it. That's like a great idea. And it'd be kind of funny too, you know, what you think makes you valuable versus what somebody who loves you thinks. Like I, I would think if I sat down with my 10-year-old son and said, how am I valuable to you? I bet he would see me through different eyes than I see myself. Sure. And if, you know, you sat down with your your beautiful kids or you sat down with your beautiful kids and yours, yours are, both of them have much younger kids than I do. I have a 23-year-old, I have a 10-year-old and I have a five-year-old um but you know it'd be interesting from a child's perspective the simplicity of how they see the value in us you know the value the value of a song that you sing with them or the value of taking them out on their bike or the value of whatever um i think while i'm i'm not suggesting that we allow other people to define our value it's interesting to do that exercise to see like how people when you say how you see yourself as being valuable to see how people that love you how they can kind of support that as well so i kind of feel like man we could like budget our spending find value in ourselves all in one podcast i'm feeling good about Amen. all that i like it just wait for the rest i think so <laughs> so this has been exciting so i mean i'm gonna just say thank you to everybody who's listening to like our basically our opening salvo our fire across the bow our lightning bolt into the ocean are are like Thor hammer into the middle of your soul to bring together your money, your life, your relationships coming from the perspective of, you know, two and a half generations, um, people that probably are more similar to you than you might realize, but we're grateful that you'd spend a little bit of time with us and we're grateful that you'll come back for some more. What do you guys think? 
That sounds wonderful to me. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you. Or we're not going to see you. We won't see you. But we look forward. Well, no, if we they might, follow you on TikTok, oh, you might see, see me. You. Listen, full disclosure: my my TikTok is meant to be funny. There's a little bit of dancing going on. Whatever, get over yourself. Dance like no one's watching, but they are. And you know what? It's about laughing because I think laughter is an important thing. And we'll be talking about that on an upcoming episode of Three to Win. Thanks for being here. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Three to Win is a podcast for the high achieving self-starter that understands there has got to be a better way to maximize their potential. You can help us create impact by sharing this with a friend or rating and reviewing our podcast.